0: the VitaFoods Insights podcast. Join us as we explore the latest science and innovation, helping the global health and nutrition industry connect, develop, and progress. Today's host is Natalia Frankorosha, content producer.
1: Hello, and welcome to another VitaFoods Insights podcast episode. Today, we'll be talking about marketing strategies for hyper-growth brands. I'm delighted to be joined today by Gillian Fish, who is the CEO at the 6AM Agency in Australia. Thanks for joining me today, Gillian.
0: Thank you very much for having me, Natalia.
1: So to get us started, Jillian, I know that the principle of audience-centric marketing is key to your suggested strategies to hyper-growth brands, but could you please explain more to our listeners what is audience-centric marketing and how do we employ its principle in our brand strategy and communications?
0: Now's an excellent time to be talking about audience-centric marketing because Human beings are at the center of everything that we do. The world has gone through a huge trauma with COVID-19, with lockdowns, and our behavior has really changed and our needs and our wants have changed. And we've needed to be able to connect with brands on a more human-centric level or an audience-centric level, rather than just as customers, as people who consume the products and the services that we offer. So really, audience-centric marketing can be defined as marketing, which shows us that we put our customers at the center of every single thought and activity that we deliver as a brand holder. It means that we completely understand them, their needs, and what interests them, but importantly, also what they are fearful of, what makes them scared what their anxieties are, what their dreams and their hopes are. And really, if we get audience-centric marketing right, we're able to build the impression that we understand them, that we know what they are seeking, that they can have trust in us and that we will deliver to them on their needs, even more so than our own as businesses.
1: Audience behavior has definitely evolved through the pandemic, so it makes a lot of sense to put an audience-centric marketing strategy in place. So how has this influenced audience-centric marketing per se?
0: The pandemic has really influenced the way we market to our audiences in that the biggest changes happened in our homes. Essentially, our homes have become our total universe for months on end. We've needed to school our children at home. We've needed to work from home. They've become restaurants and so forth. So they've really become like a mini universe, which has been the center of our lives. As a result... The way we interact with brands, the way we interact with each other has meant that we've needed to, as brands, redefine the way we approach our audiences. So first and foremost, we need to understand what our customer is experiencing at home. And we call that the evolution of marketing from business to consumer to business to human. We need to understand deeply what they're going through. And we need to understand them as whole human beings, not only how we understood them before as customers of our services and our products. Secondly, we've got to understand that they are going through a lot of challenges. Let's face it. Right now in Australia, we've just come out of lockdown. We've got major Floods, I'm not sure if you've heard about this overnight, massive flooding that hasn't been seen for a thousand years. And then we've got what's going on in Europe, in Ukraine. So there's a lot of pressure, not only from the pandemic, but globally there's a lot of pressure and our audiences are feeling the stresses, the strains, the fears and anxieties. And if we understand the mental well-being challenges that they're going through, we can then tailor our communications accordingly. We need to be able to identify and understand how they have changed their behavior, how they've changed their buying patterns, how they've changed the way that they actually engage with brands. And accordingly, we will then be able to make sure that we connect with them in a way that is relevant, that builds importantly, trust and loyalty during a time of pressure that will keep them engaged with our brand long term. There are other things that have happened as well in terms of the kind of products that they're consuming. If we look at the return to nostalgia, for example, nostalgia or nostalgia has seen, particularly in the nutrition industry, has seen people changing the patterns in the foods that they eat, the foods that they consume. They're going and leaning towards things which are more lean towards those which bring back good memories. For example, we've seen the rise of baking. We've seen the rise of People returning or leaning into healthier foods, into nutraceuticals. We've seen the change in eating behaviors, for example, is purchasing more organic because people want to build their immunity. They want to build their resilience, they need to sleep better. so They're using food as medicine, so that's another key trend. So overall, there are multiple audience trends that we need to, as nutraceuticals brands, take into account in order to ensure that we connect in the best possible way with the most resilience and impact. So in essence, as marketers, what we need to do is we need to take into account the behavioral changes Of our audiences. There's actually a technique or a science called cognitive behavioral psychology that we look at. And what does that mean? It looks at the changes and the cognitive factors that come into play to influence our customers' behavior when we are creating experiences, when we're creating content for them, and so forth. So it's understanding if they are in a state of fear or anxiety or hope or possibility, but importantly what we need to do is we need to solve problems for them, bearing that in mind. So the messages that we take to them or the experiences that they need need to be cognizant of those behaviors which have changed during this time. And I think it's important now at this time to talk about the merge between the physical and digital world. And let's face it Digital has never, ever been more powerful and more connected as part of our customers' and the audience's behaviors in purchasing and consuming products and services during this time. So there are multiple tactics that we can use in order to make sure that the experience is effective and delivers what we want in order to drive that growth. And there are brands that have seen meteoric growth during these times. Brands in healthcare, if you look at some of the vitamin supplement brands, uh, which are tap into personalization, They use AI to really define and understand what it is that the audience is looking for. Those kind of brands who then through AI and through digital enable customers and audiences to order their vitamins online, for example, and get them shipped directly to their home. In other words, very convenient in sustainable packaging and so forth. Those are the brands that are really listening to what the audience wants. They're using digital and AI particularly, to really advance their needs and objectives and to reach the audience in the space and the time that they are looking and searching for support, for example, or support for their sleep. And then they are delivering a great brand experience at the home and in the place, a place of convenience for that customer. So I guess the questions that we need to ask are, What experience is our customer seeking now? What kind of state are they in? How are they feeling emotionally? Are they happy? Are they anxious? What does our customer not want? What shouldn't we do? And what do we need to do to communicate with more empathy? Because at this time, let's face it, we all need empathy and we need support. And how also can we add more value to the customer experience? I think one of the key trends that's really interesting is the trend of personalization, And we see that in personalized medicine, right? We see that in personalized nutrition. That is the way forward. And digital and AI have really enabled that. So that's another key trend that we are seeing coming to the fore, which our industry can really tap into.
1: I love the concept you brought to the table about business to human with all these stress factors across all over the world, audience trends happening with dietary habits and digital strengths you mentioned as well, especially with AI implementation, a digital first approach to marketing seems to be really essential for marketing success. So what digital levers can we actually pull to drive hyper growth for brands?
0: Well, that's a great question because there are multiple. In essence, it is digital, which is driving a hyper growth. And here are a couple of tactics. Number one is we need to know that brands win and lose against competitors in search. So SEO, search engine optimization, is the new frontier of the battle for hyper growth in brands. And in search, that is organic search, and how do we use that and how do we bring it to life? Essentially, search engine optimization is developed through smart tactics and deployment of content that actually delivers the brand message in the time and place that the audience are playing and/or searching online. So search Is needs to engage multiple tactics within that in order to be successful. So, firstly, we need to understand the keywords that we are competing against with other brands and make sure that whatever content we put out there is competitive, is a value add, because remember, we need to be solving customers' problems. Whatever they are searching for, I need to sleep better, or an ingredient for better sleep. Or what is an ingredient that will support reducing my stress? If we can understand how to solve the problems of our audiences online and deliver content in the time and place responding to those questions, we are halfway there to winning. A very, very interesting development that we see is the use of voice. So We call it VEO, so it's voice optimization, essentially. So as we know, we use Siri and a number of other voice tools. And if we are able to answer the questions that come up in search, so when we first search and we see at the top of Google, if we're searching about ashwagandha, for example, or stress or sleep, there are normally five or six questions that are asked. Those are the ones that are responded to by voice when Siri answers a question, for example, when it's voice answered if a brand can manage to claim those questions their own through brilliant content seeding that answers simple questions then we are certainly on our way to rankings in page 1 or 2 which is going to help us win that war so search engine optimization is absolutely critical secondly is the use of personalization with artificial intelligence and that really brings a competitive edge So we can use that, as I've said earlier, around personalized vitamin prescriptions and so forth. But when we actually use personalization and targeting online, that's when we start to win as well. So there are affordable AI solutions that are enabling our brands to use that online in the digital battle, so to speak. The third story that we need to look at or tactic that we need to look at is the power of retargeting. So we need to understand that seldom does a customer go from A to Z in the purchase decision with one click only, right? We go back several times and that path to purchase really needs to be understood. There are multifaceted needs. And when we as a brand show up along that journey, we need to understand where the customer is in that buying decision where along that journey is it around consideration is it around building awareness or is it actually around conversion and we need to tailor our communications through digital online at that time with relevance creatively number one and through the words that we use number two keeping in view that the words that we use as search terms are absolutely critical Let's also be cognizant of the power of social media. So when we talk about digital, we're talking generally about web, but social fits underneath that. And we know that there are surveys that have shown, for example, on Instagram, that there's huge power in connection between audiences and what they read and purchase about food and drinks and health categories and so forth. And it's important that the messaging that we use on web is absolutely transferred also to social media. The power of those social media channels to drive brand awareness and engagement is absolutely clear. And I think overall what we've got to look at, we've got to make sure that whatever we use digitally, apart from keywords and competitive keywords, is that we're providing a value exchange. In other words, we know that time is precious and we know that our audiences spend time online with a goal in mind. They want to find information about a health product and so forth. And therefore, when they reach us and they reach our content and they access it, must provide a value exchange. We can't waste their time. It can be fun. It must be informative. And they must walk away or leave that experience more informed than when they came in. And how do we do that? It's, again, through the information that we share with them. We need to understand where they are on the journey. We need to try and understand them better as human beings, but also as customers in terms of that journey. And we need to deliver a distinctive creative experience that leaves them enriched. And last but not least, we also need to look at a smart amplification strategy. So we need to put paid behind it. So I spoke about SEO, which is search engine optimization, but we've also got to look at SEM, search engine marketing, because let's face it, that's how Google makes money. And if we want to rank higher and we want to show up more, we need to use search engine marketing in order to deliver a result.
1: With all this content competition with SEOs, SEMs being the new frontier of hyper-growth, voice optimization, answer trends, and personalization for online targeting and retargeting strategies that you mentioned to provide value exchange, what role does PR play in hyper-growth strategies for
0: brands? Well, PR is now being called the new frontier of search engine optimization. So number one, it helps with the battle of the brands online. But if PR is done well in traditional media, which is traditional print, but also online, it can build massive awareness, but importantly, it can build trust and credibility. It's an essential part of the storytelling, which connects our brands with our audiences. And during the pandemic, in fact, it has come to the fore because why? We've all turned to traditional media to understand and keep abreast of matters that are happening of the day. Never before have we consumed as much content, particularly online, through the media platforms which have had seen a resurgence. The key, though, is to look at the powerful media. So starting firstly with targeting tier one media, broadcast and online news, for example. Those are the top tier media that we should aim for. If we've got a new story and let's see how we can create that, we bring in key opinion leaders to build authority. We use case studies because people are very interested in human interest stories at this time. How are other people traversing this time? Then we should also not forget Pop culture media, because pop culture media, particularly in younger demographics, has relevance and cultural relevance with the issues of the day, with what matters to people. But the key as well is this. We need to always continue to focus on solving an audience problem before we shout about the amazing product that we have. So when we go into pitch to media, we got to think about what matters to that journalist and their audience, but also how we can make it a valuable experience if it gets picked up from a PR perspective. The other thing that we need to look at is PR or influencer-led PR content speaks volumes about the brand or the product and it can provide what we call a long tail to an SEO inquiry that we might get. So PR, if done well, is hugely powerful and would absolutely forms the basis and the central point for all of the work that we do. We talk about thought leadership in building category leadership, which is a specific type of PR, and that is an ongoing objective to build the credibility of a brand, sharing a specific point of view. And that point of view just keeps on getting repeated all the time over and over again in order to build that category leadership. And eventually, one would start to recognize those messages across the multiple media platforms, both online and offline, which then position the brand and the product at the forefront of their category.
1: Well, thank you so much, Jillian, for joining us today to talk more about this marketing hypergrowth growth strategies for brands. It's been a pleasure talking to you, but also learning from you. And I'm sure it has been also very insightful for our listeners. Before we just end the show, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our audience joining us today?
0: Yes, thank you, Natalia. There is one thing that I'd like to talk about. In essence, during this time, all of us, be us in business, brand holders, or just human beings with families and friends, we've known that we've needed to pare back on everything that we do. Time is poor. We need to have our mental availability and capability for the things that matter. And what we like to talk about is everything that we do needs to be effective. Effective use of our time effective use of our audience's time, effective strategies that actually deliver a result and a return on investment for marketers. So that is the overall goal of a super growth strategy is the importance of laying the foundations to drive volume and ROI without being completely reliant on investment in one channel. So for example, how do we pull multiple levers in order to deliver effective share of voice? And I think the key is this communication is not about only growing volume. Yes it is we want to grow our bottom line in sales. But that effectiveness, if we can always keep in view and ask the question, is this the most effective way of communicating or the most effective message that we want to share with our audience, we will then be able to create cut through because it's important to stimulate our audience to act or feel something so they have an affinity with the brand. It's about offering it with purpose at a critical time or moment where they will consider the brand, where they'll be open to considering that. They must already be open to considering and understanding and having a connection towards the brand, but how do we tip them over in order to actually make that buying or purchasing decision? And I think in the end, Our philosophy is it's about having that, what I call a bit of an obsession with having a commercial impact because in the end, you just said pharmaceutical brands, like all businesses, right? We've got a commercial imperative and if we can keep that in mind and we can use effective quality of voice in order to deliver great strategies, that's when we really unlock the potential of brands to drive the hyper growth.
1: Thank you, Gillian. What a great way to end the show. And once again, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And thank you also to our listeners for tuning in thus far. If you're interested in learning more about the 6am agency, make sure to check out their website hyperlink, which will be made available in the show notes.
0: Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And don't forget to check the show notes that will allow you to link to the information discussed in today's podcast, as well as any sponsorship opportunities. Be sure to stay tuned, subscribe, and even suggest to a friend.